Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Content Workshop, where we talk about content in depth. I am your host, Samo Jama, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Esports Doug. Doug, I'm so glad that you were decided to join us. Doug is a caster, commentator, host, analyst, content creator. He wears a ton of hats. We are talking about before the podcast. Um, he does a little bit of everything, and today he's here to tell us his background, his story, and give us a little bit of insight on the, what he does. How are you doing today, Doug? I'm doing super well. I think given uh, the state of the global pandemic that's going on, I'm just very thankful uh, that we can do something like this. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I've been very, very excited about doing this. Uh, I'm pumped, dude. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, man. It's always fun doing this. And you're the first person that I've done a podcast with in like the talent category, I guess, for lack of a better term, like haven't gotten that perspective. So um, it's going to be really nice. I've had writers, marketers, but I haven't had any talent guys. And I feel like you guys are the easiest to talk to when it comes to this type of stuff you're already natural in front of the camera so. you just set set the bar real low right like, yeah. think about this. you're only gonna get better from here no yeah exactly but uh so i guess to start off just i already gave a little bit of introduction we'll give you a little bit of your background and what you're all about and we'll go from there man yeah so i guess elevator pitch right mm -hmm. um i've been in the esports space in some form or fashion for holy smokes uh Thir uh, over a decade, 13 mm -hmm. years. Uh, I started off competing back in the OG Halo 1 days. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, way back yeah. then. That should yeah. tell you guys roughly how old I am. That should <laughs> give you a tell. Uh, but I competed for a while um, and then transitioned to coaching. Coaching eventually turned into analysis. And that's really what uh, led to more content creation in general. So I'm a sucker for uh, numbers and statistics and data. I'm a nerd for mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so I was able to start doing some of that in the esports space and that led to writing. So, uh, I'll see, I'll see if I can remember this. So I started my first written piece was for, um, a brand that no longer is called this, but they were called mm -hmm. In instant esports. Okay. Uh, they are now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a different platform, but they operate under the name of Blitz.gg, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blitz. Yeah. I know them from League. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I wrote for them first. And I remember at that point, I was very heavily into League. And um, my first piece was around uh, SK Telecom, I think, or, or TSM or something. And I just like geeked out. I was mm -hmm. like, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, this is something I've always wanted to do. So, um, Really cool opportunity there. From there, I ended up writing for um, ESL, Red Bull, uh, and then ESPN. And through some of those connections, I was able to fortunately make my way uh, onto a camera and onto mm -hmm. a microphone and, and get to casting. And I've been casting freelance for the last probably probably two, three years or so. Mm -hmm. um, and man, I love freaking A. I love it. I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, I've seen you a couple of times on different broadcasts and stuff like that, uh, just doing some different like freelance work. But the 2v2 tournaments, obviously, with the Rockers, where I first saw you like in-depth, like it was right there. And the first time I got to interact with you, I guess is the best way to put it. Sure. Um, but for you, what was your first, like how, what was your first like actual job like in the casting? Like what for your first gig that you had, like official one? Yeah, so it was, um, I don't remember the year. It was mm -hmm. EGLX in Toronto. Okay. My very, very first casting gig was actually Call of Duty. So um, I was working with um, Paradox, who's now an observer for the Call mm -hmm. of Duty League. Lando, who's, well, he's Lando. He's creating content yeah. for EG. Yeah. That's who Lando is. Uh, and Lemon Kiwi, who's now doing a bunch of content in the Overwatch space. Mm -hmm. So I'm like casting with them. And 
I I'm like a fish right in the deepest depths of the ocean that I've ever been in. I've never tasted yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, you know, super nervous at first. And I didn't tell anybody. Well, like my, my co-casters didn't know the guys mm-hmm. who hired me knew that I had never casted before, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't going to tell my, my co-casters that, right? Yeah. You gotta leave that, leave that in dark. <laughs> yeah. You like fake it until you make it, which is yeah, exactly. Um, so we got done that weekend and we were like celebrating. It was Sunday. Um, and that's when I told him, I was like, guys, I, I just wanted to thank you so much for everything you've taught me and, and, you know, just the opportunity to work with you guys. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I've never casted before ever. Uh, and they, they gave me such a hard time for it and it, in like playful, good banter, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, EJLX call of duty. I don't even remember. I don't even remember what call of duty title it was to be yeah. honest, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, that's really where I started off. Okay. Yeah. And, and starting off is, I guess, a good segue for what we were talking about before. Like, what were some of your inspirations with, with casting? Like when you originally first started, like, who were you looking to? Obviously you don't want to emulate people. You want to make your own kind of brand and own pace, but at the same time, like who are some of the people that you really look to, to try to glean from as much as possible? Yeah. I think the first person that comes to mind, um, is actually Puckett. Okay. Again, as an old school mm-hmm. Halo guy, I yeah. like, grew up watching him talk about sneaky beavers and jumping blainers and pocket rockets and like that that really set the foundation for what once i realized that that was something i wanted to pursue mm-hmm. what i what i wanted to emulate and and to your point yeah i think there's a lot to be said about creating your own brand and your own image mm-hmm. but when you've got some world class talent uh it i would be remiss not you know to like try to pick up stuff from them and learn from them so pocket was definitely one uh and then uh, Rivington from mm-hmm. uh, the LCS is another one that I've I've looked up to and respected for so 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 long. Mm-hmm. Um, the the they're actually a lot from the LC or from League of Legends. Riv is one. Captain Flowers mm-hmm. uh, is another guy who's and he uh, I I want to take a moment to actually I'm going to say this about both Captain Flowers and Medic uh, from the mm-hmm. LEC. So in my I, I've looked up to them and I've respected them for a long time. And I at one point created a reel. Uh, like a commentary reel, a shot casting reel, a highlight reel. And I sent it to them. And mm-hmm. I, I'm like, these guys get reels all the time, right? Like oh, yeah. this random mm-hmm. Joe is sending him a reel so he can look at it, blah, blah. Um, and both of them looked over it and both of them responded and both of them gave incredible feedback, like stuff that mm-hmm. not, not only was it feedback uh, from someone that I look up to and someone that I respect and someone that I want to emulate, but it was also very detailed feedback and very good feedback. And, and it was very obvious that they took time uh, to invest and time mm-hmm. and be willing to do that. And uh, honestly, without going too far down this rabbit hole, that's a, that's really hard to come by in the East yes, days. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, not everyone, um, not not everyone is willing to help out other people mm. you know it's, it's unfortunate but it's true so uh i just those two guys i yeah no yeah i, I agree with what you're saying and, and just to add on that point like i am in no way means like anywhere in the esports space and success yet but had like younger kids like ask me like hey what should i do with people and or what should i do to get my name out there's like them like hey just send your resume send like what work you've done send it to people like i've sent my like some marketing products and like resume to like, I'd say 30 people. But like you said, it's really rare to come by when people give you detailed feedback. Cause I've only had, I'd say three or four people that actually respond. They're like, Hey, here's what I think you should do better. And that's just so invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they're taking the time to do that. You know that feedback's genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do agree with that. And to, to your point on Puckett, um, one thing I always liked about him was that he has the ability to just like today we're dating when we're doing the podcast with the T one event with with Valorant. Like he's just able to jump in and start talking about it. And I'm like, all right, this dude's seen this game for three days. Like, how do you? go in and talk that like soundly with that good of pace that quickly. Like I feel like it's a rare skill. Yeah. He's incredibly. And I mean, I think one of the the benefits is that he's been around shooters for as long as he has. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But Puckett, I, you know, I, again, I think about world-class talent mm-hmm. and Puckett. I, the two names that come to mind are Puckett and golden boy. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Both of those are definitely stables. And like you said, Captain flowers, like any of the LCS LEC, uh, talent i guess the best way i love like like that core group because they have the perfect balance of like i guess for lack of a better term bsing and also being analytical in games like they just ebb and flow in and out throughout the entire game like there's sometimes where you're like they're talking about something they did at home and the next second they're talking about some super in-depth play i've always liked that about league of legends well you know like you you step back right and Mm -hmm. you think about all of this, and you you come to the the very sobering realization that there are maybe a hundred people in the world, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a hundred people in the world who can who can say that they do this full time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you start listing off some of those names, right? The Puckets, uh, the Mavens, right? The the Pansies, who's currently casting right now the Valorant yep. uh, event with Pucket. The the GBs, the LEC guys, Shocks, uh, like the 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 list goes on and on. And all of a sudden, you realize that like there's this level of talent mm-hmm. and there's a reason why there are only a handful of people who can say they do this full time. It's because they're up here. It's because they're the best of the best across, mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we were talking in your stream one day about how hard it is to, to break into that. So mm-hmm. going back to your feedback point, it's really nice to see, like, like you just said, it's like you're sitting at the top of the hundred people, like to take the time to get a guy to possibly like get to that next rung in the ladder is actually even more rare and beneficial because like, they want to stay in that hundred spot. So like, it's really, really invaluable when they do give you that feedback. Um, yeah. You, you know, that's, you just touched on something that I, I've, I've observed, um, unfortunately in like the amateur and the semi-professional cast, the talent space, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, is there, there is this belief, um, unfortunately that there are only so many jobs Mm-hmm. And to an extent, yep. that's true. But it's not like there are only 100 jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And that's it. And there are those 100 people and no one else is going to get in. And you have to like step on people on the way there because it's mm-hmm. not accurate, right? Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, that's something that uh, it's a it's 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 toxic it's it's cancerous to be honest to to like the the amateur space and the semi-professional talent space you don't need to step on people to get Mm -mm. somewhere right like there there's there's not just one job no there's just so much to be said about like looking out for other people and and realizing that at the end of the day when you if and when you find yourself fortunate enough to be working an event for a weekend you're gonna have a lot more fun if the people around you like you and you like them and you're pleasant mm-hmm. to work with. If you're not pleasant to work with and you're, you know, fill in whatever adjective you want to fill in, chances are you're not gonna get a call back. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree. And and even and I I'll even go on the air of the selfish side of reasons, right? Like I, I've learned in corporate business world, even in younger years, like that one person that you don't reach a hand out to or that you don't talk to make that connection with that could be a person where four years from now that's the person you need like 
you burn one bridge and three years from now, you're like, man, I wish I could get into that spot. And you say like, who's in there? And you see that guy, you're like, crap, I should have talked to that dude. Um, I've learned that. I'm not saying make friends with everybody and be like a fake nice guy. I'm just saying like, don't just shut people out. Like, even if it's for a selfish reason, like keep them in because it's just going to help yourself out even more. And you always get more perspectives, especially in talent. Talent is so diversive and so different like getting different perspectives on how to do things like y'all's job is probably one of the most unique jobs per person there is like getting as much perspective you can is so beneficial. Well, just like, don't, don't be a crummy human. Yeah. It's right? like, be just a, be a good dude. Yeah. Be, be, a, be like a good, it, people are going to want to work with you if they enjoy being around you. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it, it, it's just not, yeah, just don't, don't suck. That's the best <laughs> advice I could give people. Just don't suck. Yeah, exactly. Um, going into the like enjoying the cast and like as we segue in, into further things is what has been your favorite, I guess, esport to commentate? And then also I can I can add on one thing in this prompt is what is your favorite esport to commentate? And then what was your favorite event that you've had so far that you've that you've hosted? Mm, okay. That's so, gonna be hard. Uh yeah, so okay. Up until now, my favorite mm-hmm. of my favorite game to cast has been League of Legends. Okay. Uh, and it, it's for a number of reasons, and and I could explain. I think when you are watching or when you're playing uh, League of Legends, you're telling a story over thirty to forty minutes, mm-hmm. right? And one thing will always have a significant impact on the next thing, and it just continues to snowball for the length of the game. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the game really allows itself to tell a story. And, and I think in my opinion, that's one of the really important things, probably the most important thing mm-hmm. uh, of a play-by-play commentator, a colleague commentator. Yeah. Everyone likes the hype and like the memorable lines. And that's what makes its way onto videos and montages and whatnot. But tell a story, mm-hmm. right? Like get people invested, get them, get them looped in with compelling storylines. And, and I think that's what makes people stick around. So league in my opinion really lends itself to that like the early game and how it translates into the mid game and the late game and um one of the other things i really like about it again i i can be so nerdy and so analytical there's mm-hmm. so much depth to that game oh yeah and and this isn't to take away from other games right i i want to be really careful about how i portray that but there's just so much depth to that game and uh there's so much you can talk about at any given point in time and and again the narratives change depending on what time you're in in the game Mm -hmm. uh and then you know you you think about those game defining team fights where it can be like dead silence and then at the flip of a switch both teams are just throwing everything they have each other everything in the kitchen sink and there's Mm -hmm. there's so much like there's so much tension and there's so much again I, i i hate to beat a dead horse but there's just there's so much story uh Mm -hmm. to tell and and that at least from what I've experienced and what I've been fortunate to be able to experience over time, um, league really lends itself to that. Yep. No, I agree. And I'm glad you brought the point because as you were talking, like I was thinking of like the one thing I want to bring about league is like you said, it has, there's so much micro play and micro narrative in league because you have team fights, you have these big hype team fights where everybody's coming together, but at the same time, it's like you said, stories, but it's five different stories. It's five different players on the map, all doing different things, like you could honestly like take a caster, take a host, and you could just watch the jungle and watch what he's doing. And there's a narrative. You could watch your ADCs doing what your tops doing. Like there's five narratives that you have to kind of track at the same time. And then when that big team fight happens, you have to be able to give why that team fight 
happened the way it happened because the jungle was doing this pathing because he decided to take this item that has 10 percent more of this on it like 80 versus ap like there's like you said going to back what you said without going in rabbit hole there's so much micro play in that game like i've played it i'm a dirty sober player i'm not that good at it but like um like it, there's so much microplay in that game it would take years to figure it out sometimes so for people to be able to like share that narrative like you're talking about it takes a lot of skill and finesse basically well and i think the game is unique and you don't see this in very many other games um especially at this level mm-hmm. let me let me think about how to say that differently there are a few other games that do what i'm about to say to this extent mm-hmm. league all like the entire let's say it's a 40 minute game Mm. for 39 minutes and 30 seconds it's all building up to one moment Mm -hmm. right like that final team fight or that throw at baron or like that uh tp flank at the end when you're like 40 minutes in everything boils up to that one moment so when you Mm -hmm. think about like a, a a climactic game defining potentially event defining series defining moment there are a few things that punctuate an esport that punctuate mm-hmm. a match that punctuate a moment like like league can yep no i, I 100 agree I, I mean i've watched cs majors i've watched call of duty finals watch halo finals like their week it was the lec with g2 when they got upset like in game mm-hmm. five and mm-hmm. it was a two before on freaking um the nexus and g2 is about to win it but he got that three piece and then they mm-hmm. went back on g2 like that was one of the most like evan for my own emotions that was way more emotional and like evan flow than any other esport just because of how the one how the talent was was na- driving the narrative but also just how that game works like it's just there's no there's very few other esports that rival that the level of hype and the level of, you know, just emotion that goes into that game, even though it's so simple from a viewer perspective, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, I I think there's another genre um, that admittedly I have not had the fortune of casting that uh, I have always wanted to cast uh, that, that carries some of the similarities and and I can Mm -hmm. explain what I mean, Uh, but that's the battle royale scene. Mm -hmm. Think about, some of the stuff we just discussed around league and how it's all like ramps up to this one culmination. Mm-hmm. That's a battle royale game in yep. its definition, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that's the whole foundation of the game is the gas closing in and it all coming down to one pivotal moment. Um, so that's just something I, you know, I, I know that wasn't necessarily something asked, but uh, no, yeah, that it, there's, there are just so many similarities there and, and, um, that's just something I, I, that I think would be really cool to get to experience one day. Okay, awesome. And then also the second part of that one, I know it's hard, but what has been your favorite event oh, to cast yeah. you cast with so far? Mm. Oh, that's got to be difficult because it's probably each one probably has their own reason why they were good. Uh, okay, I'll say this. I, my favorite. This wasn't. I wasn't. Oh man. <laughs> What's your what's what's the issue? Like what I thought what I had an answer on? and then I thought about something else. Okay. Uh I think I'll say one and then I'll have mm-hmm. an honorable mention. Okay. That's fine. My favorite one, um, and I'll explain why, was probably the launch weekend for the Call of Duty League. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not I didn't cast it. Um, but I was on site doing some in-house analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh um 
and admittedly like my segments were not long they weren't even on stream uh, but there was just something so special about being a part uh, of creating history right Mm -hmm. like the very first time the call of duty franchise is league spots the very first home event ever the very first major esports event in the state of minnesota uh that like there were so many firsts uh, that mm-hmm. that just to be able to play a role as, as small as it was just to be able to get to be involved was something that was so 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 special and um while i would have loved uh obviously in, in, any talent will say this uh but while i would have loved uh to have the opportunity to have been more involved just again mm-hmm. to be able to say that that was something that i was involved in and i was fortunate enough to be able to contribute to that like I, I, the it was just so special. Mm-hmm. So special. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, and also like maybe a little bit of bias, given I have the hat on. But like the, the <laughs> rock, yeah, the um, the working with the rocker too. Like obviously, you've had way more interaction than me, but I've had a little bit of interaction with the staff there and some of the C level people. Like that family environment and what they're fostering over there probably made it even better because you know just the whole narrative they were driving and everything that they were working on. Now it's the first event in the new call of duty league, but like you just said, first event in Minnesota, first event in the franchise league, first event with a brand new organization that was created like three months prior. And this is a $25 million investment. Like there's so many firsts there. And the fact that it went as smooth as it did and probably everybody was working their ass off for lack of a better term, probably made it that much even better. Like you, you know, those people, you live in that area, like you're around that, you know, area. So it made it even better. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the people, yeah, the, the people and the, the, the grandeur of it all was something that was so special. And mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I think to, to toot their horn a little bit, I do think the rocker organization is creating something special. And, and I think it's just an awesome group of folks. I, I've made friends Mm-hmm. Uh, from the people that are in that organization, like genuine, genuine friends, not just mm-hmm. like work acquaintances or anything like that. And um, I've I've had the fortune of working with a number of different uh, organizations, and you can't say that about all of them. They're not they're not all that pleasant to work with, and they're not all that that fun and and friendly and family oriented. Uh, in a sense. So yeah, the Rocker family is really cool. I think the the next event, uh, honorable mention, and I, mm-hmm. I'll say this because I've never worked an event like this before. And there's a good chance I will never work an event quite like this ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with Big Buck Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. Like the <laughs> arcade game? <laughs> yeah. The bar game. Yeah. Um, I had the privilege of working at, uh the big buck hunter world championships in vegas that's a, that's a thing <laughs> okay dude the thing and it's like 20 grand for first place like what yeah it was awesome 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 talk about family um so it was out in vegas it was this past october and i uh, had the privilege of uh, being involved as a floor interviewer host thing um and man the you know the I have so many questions. <laughs> Good. You should. Uh, <laughs> the Big Buck Hunter community, mm-hmm. you know, talk about like Rocker as an org and, and that's fine. But the Big Buck Hunter community, like the 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 players, the that's family. Like they, they love each other. That entire community, that entire organization loves each other. And it starts at the top, right? Like the play mechanics folks that um, 
I had the privilege of working with all the way down to the players, the spectators. I, that was my first event working or my first time, excuse me, working that event with them. Mm-hmm. And there were people who had been working that event for many, many years, uh, and they just welcomed me in with open arms. Just, all, again, the players, the staff, the the spectators, everyone was just so awesome. And uh, they, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that event was so special because it was so unique, just to give you like a taste of how unique it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a shot on camera. That's awesome. Like, well, as part of the broadcast, like, yeah. And I, I, I can't say I've ever done that before. And there's a really good chance I'll never do it again. Yeah, um, yeah. But when you talk about how unique an event uh, that was, and the the people, and how cool that was, yeah, you, I've got a that's strong honorable mention up there. Yeah, it's funny that like because you can't do events like that at scale just because it doesn't work. There's way too many variables. Like, you can't do that. It has to be that tight knit community. Um, I guess, I, I mean, it's not too far fetched. Cause I mean, traditional sports, like I come from Charlottesville, Shenandoah area in Virginia, and they're known for cornhole. It's like the cornhole world championships. Like usually the finalist is from my area. So like, everybody's like, I watch it on ESPN and people are like, you're weird. I'm like, no, it's a tight knit community. <laughs> and cornhole's like, awesome. used to it. How yeah, do you not I like know. cornhole? I know people just don't think it's a national sport. So I guess it's the same thing. One, I invested my time in video games the wrong way. I should have went in the big buck hunter 20 K prize pool. <laughs> you um, still can dude. Yeah, that's awesome though. I I have so many questions. That's for a whole new podcast. Like, how do you get good at that game? Like, what do you do? Like, oh god. Um. Anyway, but that that's awesome. I'm glad that that's such a unique answer. And I'll 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 talk to you about that off broadcast <laughs> just good. to save time. Sounds good. Um. Uh, but yeah. So a, as we move on, what I guess a good segue is what esport you kind of you kind of hinted at a little bit. What esport have you not commentated yet professionally that you would like to commentate as of right now? Yeah, um, the first one that comes to mind is Warzone, uh, mm-hmm. and and it's messy, right? Because technically, we don't know if Warzone's going to have a professional scene. Right now, it's been very mm-hmm. casual and and very like charity oriented or famous streamer uh, celebrity um, type oriented. I do think the game has a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and I think it can uh, have mm-hmm. a scene like that, given you know support and and infrastructure uh and there are a couple of things that that are needed but i certainly think when you look at uh the h1z ones when you look at the PUBGs, when you look at the apexes the fortnites the foundation's there right there it's there and i understand from activision's perspective wanting to focus on the cdl i get that i do um but if if they wanted to you could do something really special uh, with Warzone. So Warzone's definitely one. And again, it goes back to you, you're, you get to tell a story and there's so much, mm-hmm. so much like climax that comes down to like this one defining moment and, and to be able to usher people along the, mm-hmm. the viewers and the listeners and the spectators usher them along and, and share that with them. Uh, that's irre- that's irreplaceable in in my opinion that, that really is um so warzone's one and then i i think uh, again not to like beat this too bad mm-hmm. uh but i do think tactical shooters and, and valorant it specifically carries a lot of those same traits to it as well like it's it's round base and talk about one event having an impact on everything throughout the entirety of the game that's mm-hmm. like the foundation of economy right? Like yep. that, that's how it works. Um, 
to tip yeah you 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 win one save round like that's you just shifted the whole game absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yep. t- to be able to so we were watching i was watching the before this um the t1 tournament the, the mm-hmm. tournament. a team is up real big mm-hmm. right the team that's down rattles off six rounds in a row yep. uh to force an overtime and it comes down to a 1v1 in overtime yep. uh, imagine that in a packed out venue where it like it the the entire tournament comes down to that one fight to that one oh, yeah. like i didn't even know what was going on like he went through the portal and he used a cypher roll. like there was, there was so much going on there like yeah i cannot imagine like that being in a thousand people watching that a couple thousand people watching that is insane well it, it, again it's just like the this desire to be able to that i i think that's the job as a commentator as a, a caster is to take what you take what you're observing what you're calling Mm-hmm. and bring everyone else along with it. Yep. Right? Like you want you, you want your passion, you want your excitement, you want your knowledge to come through uh, in your broadcast, and you want the spectators to feel that with you and to come along with you in that in that experience, in that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Valorant, I, I think obviously there's a lot of excitement around Valorant, and a lot of it, in my opinion, is very well placed. Yeah, uh, it is. But Valorant can can fit that can fit that really well. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and without this being a Valorant podcast, it it relates to talent is why I think it's important. Is one thing I think Riot's doing that's not a Riot thing normally is there seems like they're going to allow third party in the right con in the right setting a third party tournament ho- organizers and hosters, which is huge for like talent and huge for anybody to be able to work in the space and be able to continue on that esports. I think that is a good esport to pick. Once it becomes a full fledged esport, for sure. Well, and you know, you kind of have to, as as talent, uh, you want to be strategic about where you invest your time, right? Um, the the thing that's so unique about Valorant, and this will come full circle. Roll with me for a minute. Mm-hmm. The thing that's so unique about Valorant here is the best talent across every single game is going to be going to Valorant, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? I, that's my prediction. Yeah. Talent from CS, uh, talent from Apex, talent from Fortnite, talent from League, ta- like the best Rainbow of- Six even. Yeah, yeah, Rainbow Six. The best of the best are going to make their way over there to work mm-hmm. that game. So when you look at that from a, a from an amateur talent perspective, you think, well, well, so much for that, right? Like back, back to what we were chatting about earlier- when it gets to something like that, there there are a limited amount of jobs, right? Yep. Um, so for them, for the best talent in the world, those the cream of the crop of those 100 folks you're talking about, for them to go mm-hmm. to that, that's hard for amateur talent. So for Riot to come out and say that they are going to allow third-party events and they are going to allow um, different organizations to run events, for amateur talent, that's huge that's so Mm. so so big like i can't stress the importance of that enough because it gives it gives people opportunities and platforms that wouldn't normally be there and and that's like that you know the talent industry i like i liken it so much to the music industry and that's a different conversation as well we can chat about that for a long time um but talent is looking for a break Mm mm-hmm and with so many eyes on something like Valorant, talk about a break. 
Yeah, and exactly. And even like we talked about the music industry a little. My dad was a music major, so I get the analogy 110%. We talked about it on your stream one day, but uh yeah, I agree. Like and even if you wanted to find your niche, like you could you could be the the main talent lead for like a dream hack type circuit or something like that. Like it doesn't even have to be the main the main circuit, so to speak. And I hope hopefully Riot does it right where there is a main Riot league and then there's also they just let people play out what they want to play out so you can have work, you know pretty much anywhere you want. And I think the online side of things will also be big too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it emulate how CS works in a lot of ways. You know, you have mm-hmm. like the ESL Pro League, but then you have majors and you have minors and MLG was involved for a while. And, you know, there are so many different ways um, that that can play out, assuming Riot supports it, which I, I really hope they do. Yep. Yeah, so those are two definite ones. Um, obviously, going back to what we said about esports, you haven't commented yet that you would want to. I think... That's definitely a viable one, even though it just started. Um, but getting into a little bit on the current, you know, I guess my original prompt was, "What's your take on the current talent landscape of esports?" But I guess the better prompt is, "What are there any voids you see in talent that needs to be filled, or how do you see yourself like attacking that space, you know, to try to fill and add to it?" I guess is the best point, best way to ask. Yeah, I think. Um There are a lot of, and I'm thinking specifically about Warzone here, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of Warzone tournaments these days, mm-hmm. right? Think about yeah. Code Green tournament. Think about um, Warzone Wednesdays. Think about you know all the all of all of those events. Mm-hmm. They are all primarily, not entirely, but primarily speaking, they're all geared towards the celebrities. And the mm-hmm. famous streamers. So let's say you wanted to play in a Warzone tournament. As I say this, like I, I think I saw an event yesterday that is challenging what I was saying, but for a long time, and I, and I still think uh, it's a disservice that we aren't seeing more of this, but say you wanted to play in a Warzone tournament, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Where are you going to play, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can apply uh, to get chosen by uh, for like Warzone Wednesdays with Keemstar or, or something like that, but... But like, what are the chances of that? And and there are yeah. a ton of venues uh, for the for the Joe for the average player to be able to play in something like that. So I, I think that's something um, that is is lacking. And to tie that back to talent, the same the same applies, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, if if there are no if, as talent, you can grind and hustle and hope that you get a a bid and you get selected. Um, are asked to cast a, a, a large event um, like Warzone Wednesdays or, you know, you're starting to see some of the CDL organizations start running some of their own, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't, then what? Yeah. There's nothing there. So I, I do think that's something that uh, is really interesting where there's a need um, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think Valorant's not going to be that bad uh, because obviously they already have their custom lobbies built into the beta and there are so many people in it now that it's much easier to facilitate. But uh, there, when you, I, I think across the board for talent, you've got your tier one events, you've got the the big ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like a gap, right? Mm-hmm. For 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 someone in the talent space to make it, you've got to have you've got to have the platform to make it on. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I agree. You're hitting the jump to the ledge instead of like climbing some some ladder rungs. Basically, is how it works in the talent space. It seems like like there's no. I I actually can't. It's funny you bring that point up because I'm thinking in my head. I can't think of a mid level talent tier. Like I can think of mid level esports. I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Like you're 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 the head talent guy for a tier two esport maybe. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of yeah. I can't like I can think of tier two for competitors i can think of tier two for business and c-level guys i can't think of a tier two for a talent kind of oriented person no and and i think you put it very succinctly you're jumping onto a ledge you're leaping Mm -hmm. onto a ledge instead of going a couple of rungs uh, and working your way up and i do think that's a byproduct of the infancy of it all Mm -hmm. like we're just a couple of years into this thing right like yeah esports is as a as a concept esports has been around for a long time and yeah, I, I could I will testify to that early on. And I and I know that there are many people who have been around longer than I have who have seen it in even more primitive states than what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's young, right? Like they, there are there are certain like foundational things that are missing from there uh, that I, 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 in my opinion, would do a huge service to the ecosystem, to the infrastructure of uh, esports as as an entity, as a space, mm-hmm. as an industry if some of those were plugged. I, I will say one thing that I think is missing. You tell me if it's right or wrong. Um, I think it's I think it's missing solely because it just takes so long to cultivate. Uh, Lando's kind of doing it with Envy right now, but there's no like first take. Uh, you know, Howard. Like, there's no there's no like just talk show kind of guys where you get on for two hours and you talk about what's been going on last week. They have you know, there's no like um, Stephen A. Smith. I, I don't know how to explain it. Right? There's there's no like ESPN mm-hmm. type morning Golic and Wingo style shows where people just talk. And I think it's because it, that takes so long to cultivate as a brand, but I feel like that's one of the biggest voids too. And to me, like you can look at all numbers, you're a big data guy, like podcast and like YouTube or like podcast and conversational content has skyrocketed the last two years, like as far as viewership. Oh, just think of like so. the last month, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's freaking stuck inside. Yeah. People are creating content left and right. It, you know, I've seen a bunch of memes on the internet like, oh, I guess it's time to start podcasting now because everyone's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there, I mean, there is a, a lot to that. But to your point, a lot of it takes time to cultivate. And the problem mm-hmm. is there are a lot of people who have tried doing something like that, like an esports talk show host, round table, around the horn type thing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it has failed. Mm hmm. Right. So I, I do think to your point, I agree it's missing. Uh, but a lot of people have tried to crack that that egg and they haven't been successful. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, this might not be the main point, but I think one of the other reasons is like in traditional sports, like I like I'm a huge basketball fan, but I also watch football and baseball. They, they intermingle. Mm-hmm. So when I watch Golik and Wingo, mm-hmm. I can get a little bit of everything in esports. It's it's sometimes like that, but it's not really like that. Like if I'm a League of Legends watcher, I don't really watch Call of Duty. I don't watch CS:GO. You don't you, even you watch other a, MOBAs. Like you don't watch yeah. Dota. No, you know you, I mean? you don't. So like if I watch a 45 or an hour and a half show, and you spend 20 minutes on League of Legends, I'm not watching the rest of it just because you have a very even though esports is already in its infancy, you have a very small group of people like similar to us that watch multiple esports. Not very many people do it. Like even in Valorant, like I have a couple of buddies who came from CS, and I started talking about League of Legends. They have no clue what I'm talking about when I started on my league. Um, it's just the nature of gamers. You grind out your favorite game, mm-hmm. so it's hard. Yeah, you're right. It does. It, there's not as much crossover uh, mm-hmm. at all. I think one other thing that is lacking um, 
especially in the amateur semi-professional and then just content talent creator space whatever and i i tweeted this the other day just gas up your friends Mm -hmm. right like if your friends are doing cool stuff gas them up Mm -hmm. hit retweet it doesn't cost you anything um, yep, yep. and, and, and to, you know, the, to go back to Puckett and again, a guy I respect so much, like if you go to his Twitter right now, he has a pin tweet and I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's essentially something to the effect of there are people who gatekeep in this space. I don't want to keep people out. I want to hand the right people the keys. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are very few in this top 100. We keep going back to that, that have that mentality that like genuinely, because let's say 10, 10 years from now, what happens if all the best talent retires? Yep. Wits, they move on to um, admin roles or organizational roles like Papa Smithy did for 100 Thieves. Mm-hmm. Then what? Yep. Right? Like, are, do we just start from scratch? Like, there's no, there's not a whole lot of thought given to that these days. And, and I think that um, there are a couple of talent in, there are a couple of, people in the talent space who are thinking long-term and who are just, again, genuinely good people who don't suck, uh, who mm-hmm. are thinking about this because at the end of the day, the whole purpose of this is to create something bigger than ourselves, yep. right? Like we want to create something that generations after us are still going to get to enjoy and that are going to get to mm-hmm. partake in. Uh, and if we aren't thinking about that now, it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like people, I think people don't think about how important it is. One, I've, to your point, I've learned that in the military background is like good leaders lead others to be to replace them. Like a bad leader, like if you have a if you have a guy in the military who's a leader and he has twenty people under him, and if he goes away and everything stops, he's a bad leader. Like he should be able to take himself out of the equation. It's like he never was even there. That's how you know that you're leading properly. So that's to that point of what you're saying. Um, but another thing is I think a lot of people don't realize like how important this stage is. Like, cause no one remembers who started the NBA. No one remembers who like cultivated the NFL and cultivated even football. I'll take soccer as one. Cause that's huge worldwide sport. Mm-hmm. No one, no one remembers who cultivated the premier league and stuff like that. Like, but same, I think people, because they don't know that and cause they don't remember that they don't realize how crucial it is. Like, like you said, four generations from now, esports could be like the NFL, but like so, but that's never going to get there unless we put in the work. And so, hopefully, more people will open up the space. I, I do agree that talent is a little bit harder because there's such a minute amount of people. Um, so I'm not going to like try to put words in people's mouth, but I completely agree with you, honestly. It's just hard. It's it's a hard situation, and and, mm. and I think when you increase scope and you think about the larger picture, right, the larger mm-hmm. the storyline that's going on, I think that's something that's just so important that unfortunately because probably because we're so in the moment and because we're, we're so caught up in what esports has become. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very easy to lose sight of that. I, I agree. And, but perfect segue looking into the future. Um, you know, what are your goals in the esports space as a whole? Obviously it's probably to cast a world final, but at the same time, like, you know, what are your goals as, as Doug going into the esports space in the future? Yeah. Uh, I, again, I think foundationally, I, I know I've mentioned this, but I want in the talent space in particular, mm-hmm. I want to help create something that's going to outlive me, that's going to outlive I, my the next generation, that's going to outlive two generations from now. I want to help create something big, right? Mm-hmm. It's something bigger than me. I'm just me. Like, I'm just one guy. 
Yep. And, and when I think about that, it's so narrow-minded and shows and so short-sighted to just think the next 20 years. Like let's let's freaking talk about changing things, right? Let's make mm-hmm. a, a lasting, meaningful impact uh on the future and what this esports space can do. Um mm-hmm. so that I, I I say that to like preface uh, everything. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um uh, I guess we'll yeah dude like, yeah that's that's I, I, you know i remember when i first started looking at at talent in the esports space i just remember getting so caught up mm-hmm. uh in the venues and the lights and like there's something that's so memorable about uh like yeah i kind of painted this picture for you guys earlier but let's say that the valorant situation we were talking about earlier mm. is in a venue and it's a world championship you associate that voice with that moment. And when it yep. becomes one of the most defining moments of the space, of the of the year, of the industry, like that to be, again, to be able to help create such a special, such a lasting m- moment and to, to mm-hmm. yeah, just to be able to, to be involved, right? And to be able to contribute to something like that. That's, those are intangibles, that's invaluable. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that, yeah, you don't get to do something like that without casting on bright lights, under bright lights and on big stages, like th- those, you need, you need the big stage for something so monumental like that to happen. Yep. I, I 100% agree. And the funny thing you brought up the sound aspect of it like one thing i think of is when optic gaming did the run at that cs major and ended up winning it with the with rush's team and everything and i can't remember all the plays i can't remember everybody they beat but like i 100 percent remember like the sound bites and like the casters and the pinnacle moments and stuff like that like you can sound and smell are the two things that trigger memories the quickest um to me at least um but yeah i 100 percent agree and casting a world final would be insane. I can't even imagine like knowing 1.1 million people are listening to your voice talk. I don't know if I could even like utter words at that point, but well, but, but think about like, that's not unique to esports, Mm-mm, right? It's, not, it's, no. it's perfectly in line with traditional sports as well. And whatever your, whatever your favorite sport is like base, I'm a huge baseball guy, uh, mm-hmm. baseball or, or basketball or hockey or football or golf or whatever it is. There are those defining moments and when you think about those defining moments, oftentimes, if the if the commentator has done their job, you experienced that moment more meaningfully because they were there, right? Like mm-hmm. that was more significant, that was more meaningful, and that was more, uh, in a lot of ways, emotional if that person did their job well. Oh, yeah, 100%. No, I agree that the... The one sports I can think of is I'm a UVA fan, basketball fan, and when Diakite hit the shot in the Final Four last last tournament, like the lead up to that and the way the cat the the announcers handled that, like you get literally get chills as a UVA fan every time you hear that sound again. It's like I've gone on YouTube and watched a couple of times just because. So I 100 percent agree with you on that. Um, Yeah, that that I guess that's the pinnacle for every caster. But to your point, it's more for you. It's more personal i guess because you want to be able to create that narrative driven focus it's not just casting a world final like that's not that's not actually the main purpose to be completely honest um but going in also in the future what advice this is such a hard question for everybody everybody asks this they take it a different way but like what advice would you give to someone 
coming up in the same space as you. And I put it in the parentheses of the prompt. It's like, what would you tell Doug on day one? Like when you first, the first day you said, like, I want to do this full time. What would you tell yourself? It's a hard question. <laughs> uh, two things. And I think they're related. I'm going to hash them out and then we'll find out if they were related or not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, the first one is, and this is two-sided, um, mm -hmm. but you can't spend your entire career looking at other people and what they do. Mm -hmm. You can't like, you can't spend all that time comparing yourself to other talent. You can't. And, and full like disclaimer, this is a, this is a daily battle. Mm -hmm. yep. I, I, this is like preaching to the choir. I have to tell myself this every single day. You can't right. Because mm -hmm. it, it's exhausting. You um, end out like, trying to like hodgepodge what you want to be in, what you want to do with what other people are doing. And you're never, mm -hmm. you're never satisfied because you're chasing something. And in a lot of ways, I, I want to be really careful about that because I'm very driven and very ambitious personally. So if I'm not climbing this freaking Mount Everest um, or chasing something almost unattainable, I get bored mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, so, so I do think there's, there's something to be said there, but you can't, compare like Doug forget about what other people are doing mm -hmm. right like these are the opportunities that you have right now and you need to just go in and make the best of those and and don't worry about what other gigs people are getting and how big the gigs are and what games other people are getting to cover like this is what you have and do that to your best mm -hmm. yep no I agree you, ha you have to try to beat yourself I've quoted it before like don't try to beat others try to beat yourself every day like the best analogy I can think of was my dad. Like he's a music major. I come from a small town. Like he's, he traveled all around the state of Virginia in a band. Like he was known as the like musician in the area. Right. So like me trying to be better than my dad would never happen. Cause even if I was a better like piano player than my dad, I still wouldn't be my dad. Cause he had, he's who he is. Right. Like you're still good. You can't, if you try to be better than someone else, you're just going to fail every time. Cause you can't like in sports, you can't try to be Kobe Bryant. He's Kobe Bryant. Like, You'll never be Kobe Bryant. I don't care how good you get. You could literally win seven championships. You're still never going to be Kobe Bryant. Right. So you try to be better than yourself every day. And you'll find, like going to your point, you'll find happiness way quicker because you'll constantly see progression. You won't see this unattainable ladder that you're never probably going to hit, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, and and I think this the second part, which the more I think about it, the more I realize it is very connected, um, is just enjoy enjoy the ride. Mm -hmm. right like i got to cast big buck hunter world championships yeah like if i told you the first day you were gonna do that like what would you react yeah well and like how many other yeah. people can say that and like oh, how yeah, exactly. like the, the the connections that i made and the people that i met and like just enjoy the ride and enjoy mm -hmm. Enjoy the opportunities you have. Enjoy, like, forget about forget about the numbers. Forget about the 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 Twitter followers and the viewers and all that stuff. And just like, this is what you've been given. Mm -hmm. Be a good steward. Do it to the best of your ability, uh, and just so focus on the longer picture. Right? If I get caught up on how many more Twitter followers someone has than I do, I'm not. I'm, I can't enjoy the now. I can't like. I can't pour everything that I am and everything that I have into my craft because I'm so focused on like 
how do I get more Twitter followers? How do I, you know, mm-hmm. all, like all this stuff. And and there's something to be said about growth mindset. And I think it's good in certain instances. But at the end of the day, all you're left with is like you in the mirror. Mm-hmm. That's all you got left. Yep. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And the growth mindset thing, I think as we've gotten more in the social media age, I think people are starting to like smarter people in the business aspect are starting to see like, the differences between numbers and actual like cultivation of community. Cause like streamers is a perfect example. I've met certain streamers that didn't give two shits about how many viewers they had. They're just trying to work it. Uh, one girl is Mitten. She's has, she has like 150 viewers right now, but I promise you she has the community of the same. She has the same community strength as someone who has a thousand viewers right now. hundred percent. Like it's unreal because she didn't worry about numbers. She worried about just being better and like focusing on herself. She didn't care like what happened. So like pointing to what you said, like, if you're not happy with what you're doing, like you're not, you're going to get burnt out period, especially in this space. Like you're just, you're going to hate yourself in a couple of years to be completely honest. And like, it's not, a, it's not. And again, tell myself this every day. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Esports isn't going anywhere, right? Like it, it, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, if things go well, this bad boy is going to be around forever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like take it a day at a time. Yes. Like, achieve and and yet and I, i'm probably laying on this this on so thick because i know my personality and my personality is i need to take over the world today and mm-hmm, if i haven't yep. taken over the world today i have failed mm-hmm. like monumental failure i'm i'm very hard on myself um so yeah just take it take it a day at a time like slow down enjoy yeah exactly like enjoy what you got enjoy what's around you like, like yeah yeah, it's like the Gary V comedy. He's like, I'm 39 or however old he's like, you guys think that's old. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I have 40 more years. Like, I'm just getting started. Like, if you have that mindset when you're working, like, it's a lot. You do a lot better, to be honest. Think of Red Eye. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Paul uh, Chalonera, I, I butchered his last name, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. Paul Red Eye, he's someone who's been around the esports space for a long time. And you look at how old he is. And in esports talk, yeah, he's, he's old. But yeah. dude's killing it. Yeah, exactly. Right, like he's the man. He's got freaking <laughs> memes about him. Yeah. So forget, like, just forget the other stuff. Just live in the in the now. Just enjoy the now. Like, you've got your opportunities. Do them to the best of your ability, and let chips fall where they may. Yeah, exactly. And if you enjoy it, like worst possible case scenario, you enjoy something you're doing. You just keep going throughout your life, and you you know you have fun with what you're doing. You mm-hmm. don't see it as work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug. Those are those. I hope. Everybody listening, I know they got something out of it, but I hope they're getting something out of somebody who I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast because you're someone who genuinely, like, for lack of a better term, gives a shit like a lot about not just yourself, but other people. So I want to thank you for that. And hopefully everybody listening got something out of your story. I, I know they will. Um, but for anybody listening, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, like leave a comment on any questions you guys may have or anything like that. Hit us up on Twitter. But at the very end, Doug, if you want to shout out, you know some of your social media handles, anything you want to, you know, promote. Um, obviously I'll put them in the description of everything, but just for, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I think there are four things I want to plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, all my handles are the same across, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. It's at esports Doug. Uh, but the fourth thing that I want to plug is this man's content right no. here. <laughs> Subscribe to this man, follow him on Twitter, Follow him on Twitch. Here's the thing, right? I'm going to give you guys a a spoiler. I know that he has uh, 
other guests who are coming onto the show who are way cooler than I am. And you're not going to get it if you don't sub to this man's content. Sub to the man's content. That's the biggest plug of the show. Hands down. Talks about gassing people up. Wrap it up. We're done. (laughs) No. Oh, goodness. Well, if you're done, I'm going to... Yeah, for anybody that's not... Esports Doug on Twitch.tv. This dude's been grinding out Twitch forever. And if you think he's entertaining now, he's 10 times more entertaining on, on Twitch. He's constantly trying to improve his stream, asking his stream how to get better. Um, he's hilarious when he streams Warzone and freaking Warzone and Valance. We've been streaming lately, but Warzone with Ali from Rocker and stuff like that. Y'all Shout been out grinding it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, his content's amazing. He's, you follow him on, like you said, your social media handle is pretty much the same across the board on Twitter, Instagram. You're even, I know you've been promoting a little bit, um, your Twitch. Um, and he also has a YouTube. He's put his highlight. It's your, your casting reels on your YouTube. I know you don't use your YouTube as much, but if you want to get a taste for what he does from a casting perspective, um, he has his highlight reel on there as well. Uh, but yeah, like going back to what you said about gassing people up, I hate when people gas me up because I get like embarrassment. <laughs> I, I get embarrassment by association. It's so bad. I hate it. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, all his links will be in the description below. If you're listening to us on Spotify or anchor or anywhere, um, Apple, Apple podcasts, uh, it's esports Doug across everywhere. You can also look at my Twitter, Sam Jamma TV. I'll be promoting his stuff as well while this goes live. Um, and for the future, I'll be standing his content 100%. Uh, but thank you so much, Doug, for, for, uh, taking the hour out of your day that I know that you've, wanted back for doing a bunch of other stuff that we talked about before the podcast. Um, but any final words before we sign off? No, just thank you. Thank you. Seriously. This was a blast. I'm so glad you reached yeah. out. I genuinely had fun doing this. This was awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening to content workshop, thank you so much. Uh, the episodes normally go live on Sunday, but I think I'm gonna start doing it on Fridays, but they do go out weekly. The coronavirus has kind of slowed everything down. So if you're listening to this as it's been going on, I'm sorry if it's a little haphazard, Uh, But thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next time on the Content Workshop. Thanks, guys.